What's up, everybody? This is Grant, that cause artist. Welcome to another episode of the Disruptors for Good podcast. Today, we're going to chat with Lauren Paul and Molly Thompson, the founders of Kind Campaign, which is a leading nonprofit ending the trend of girl against girl bullying. It offers school assemblies, educational school curriculums, online resources, and a supportive community dedicated to bringing awareness and healing to the negative and long-lasting effects of of bullying with young girls. It started back at Pepperdine University uh, in 2009, where Molly and Lauren came together and shared sort of their similar stories about how they experienced bullying uh, growing up and, you know, shared some, you know, some really deep stories about how it affected them, you know, mentally and and during their childhood and and into adulthood and how it, it was a catalyst for them to to eventually make a documentary together called Finding Kind, um, which they traveled around the U.S. and, and sort of uh, filmed young girls and women talking about bullying in their lives and, and really getting everything out into the open and, and being a, a sort of you know powerful platform uh, for initially starting to speak about a one subject matter that was rel- never really talked about and put on the back burner, essentially. They have been to thousands of schools and spoke at thousands of schools in America, North America, and in Europe. And their curriculum now has expanded around the world into different schools. And, you know, they, they tell some really powerful stories about young women who, you know, frankly, I just didn't know, you know, it really existed, right? I'm just not, you know, there's just some things you aren't aware of a lot of the times. And I think, you know, girl on girl bullying, especially at a young age, especially with, you know, social media now, is uh is a really really it, it can be a really dark place and uh we talk about some of those stories that, that these young girls are facing and sort of the emotional toll it takes on them and uh it's um you know it can be sad but also very very inspiring and you know they talk about some of the inspiring stories as well of you know of how girls you know go from you know the darkest place you can imagine right on the verge of suicide and then you know going to to one of their assemblies and you know coming out of that place right so a remarkable transformation just by uh people going to speak with them and feeling like there there's a voice for them out there there's a community of a support system ready for them to to be a part of so it's uh it's really interesting and fascinating to talk to people who have been in it for a decade um and really understand the pulse of of sort of young women dealing with bullying and emotional issues at that age is uh it's really super impressive what they built, and uh, you know I really appreciate them taking the time to, to talk about the subject matter. You know, it's uh, it's not something we do talk about every day, but but I mean that's kind of what I try to do here is me personally learn about stuff that I'm not aware of or, or don't go through day to day in my life, and you know sometimes we have to we have to listen to this type of stuff, right, and understand what other people are going through in humanity, and, and really I think it. It grounds us in a way that you know gives us a little bit of more inspiration in our own lives to, to be a better person or try to be a better person in, in some form or fashion. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Thank you, Lauren and Molly, again for taking the time and sharing their story. And hope you guys have a, a great week. Have a great day today. And I'll have some more updates coming soon. Enjoy the week. Stay safe. Bye. Usually how I like to uh, to start these, these episodes is about an individual's journey and, and how people and individuals get to sort of their life's work in, in, in some form or fashion. And Con Campaign seems to be, uh, seems to be that, that place for, for you guys right now. So let's just talk a little bit about how it got there. And I guess we can maybe start in 2009 in college with the documentary. If you want to start there, that kind of seems where everything launched from. Yeah, Molly and I both had experiences with, with bullying in our youth, as in, you know, I think everyone, women and men um, of all ages have gone through that at some point. And for me, um, middle school was just this real turning point in my life where for the first time, I really experienced deep feelings of loneliness and being ostracized and um, really being ganged up on by a group of girls. And you know, there's obviously so many details about what specifically happened, but the more important part, I think, of that chapter in my life is the effect of the bullying that I was experiencing. So as a result of just over a year of this constant torture at school every day, uh, I ended up developing a severe depression, which turned into 
an eating disorder that I battled for a few years, really lost control and confidence and my heart and my headspace. It was just completely out of whack as a result of what I was going through with this with this group of girls and as, as a result of that social anxiety that I faced and got to the point in seventh grade where I tried to commit suicide as a result of what I was going through. And, you know, I'm really open about that part of my life because I think it's important to be and to important to have those conversations and to talk about the reality of that. And, you know, I, I do share that when we go into schools and, um, and share our testimonies because, I think when you're that age, specifically, um, you know, 12, 11, 12 years old, those experiences in school just feel like your entire world, rightfully so, they are your entire world. Right. Just yeah. So, you know, really speaking to students, not only about how their actions can affect other peers and, and put them in head spaces like that and how important it is to be mindful of your actions and the way you treat others. And then also to be able to share with students that if they ever have thoughts like that, you know, because it is a common thing, unfortunately, um, but that you don't have to suffer alone and how important it is to reach out and to get help. So yeah, you know, we, um, again, Mo and Molly will speak to her experience in just a sure. bit, but going, going through that just was this real um just changed my life in so many ways and growing up I was, I was just always confused and saddened um specifically when we speak to girl on girl relationships you know female friendships up until about you know the last you know obviously this has evolved but um when we started this 10 years ago up until that point there was really no conversation about why female relationships were generally speaking um you know I was it was kind of hard to find solid female friendships and this kind of theme of gossip and rumors and mean girls and all that was right. not only such a reality, but was kind of like trendy and cool and, and mm. not taken seriously. And again, that's evolved so much and I will speak to that as well. But, um, but yeah, I was just always saddened by that and, you know, wondered why it was kind of swept under the rug and, and accepted as this rite of passage almost. And um, and Molly and I, we met at Pepperdine University. We were in film school together and had worked on some projects. And after working on a documentary while in college, was just really inspired by that experience and felt like that could be a really great way to kind of shed light on this story. Again, this was, we started laying the groundwork for the documentary now, like 11 years ago. And, and that was before bullying became a conversation at all, before any of this was really talked about in schools, um, there was really nothing in place at that point. And so we weren't even sure how people would open up, if people would be willing right. to talk about their experiences. And it was really through those initial interviews with the documentary and just watching women and girls pour out their hearts that it was so obvious to us that we were kind of popping the lid off of something, that this was something that specifically women and girls had wanted to talk about and take seriously for so long and to really get to the root of it and to change this and to encourage one another and, and support our, our fellow females and, and to unite in that experience. And so it's, it's kind of cool kind of thinking back now, again, as all of this has, has evolved and like women empowerment and women taking a proper seat at the table. And, and it's cool now to be kind to each other and for women to love on each other and support one another. It's really kind of crazy to think back on the beginning uh, chapter of this journey that we went on and and how different that was when we started it. And we were really there to kind of witness that change in heart and, and to witness women and girls as they were brave and willing to share their stories and, and be a part of that change. So yeah, that, that, that doc, like you mentioned, was, was the beginning of what then turned into Kind Campaign because it was through those, those conversations that we kind of looked at each other and we were like, wow, this could be more than a film. It could be a whole movement and school right. programs and, and kind of the sky's the limit at that point. So there's obviously a lot more to say about Kind Campaign specifically, and I'll let Molly share um, some of her experience as well. Yeah, so um, like Lauren mentioned, her experience in middle school, I had an experience in high school that really impacted my life and that chapter of my life. And so when we sat down to talk about 
the doc and what that could look like, I immediately resonated with, you know, this subject matter and, you know, now feel so lucky to have had the experience that I did in high school during my junior year um, so that I am able to, you know, stand in rooms filled with girls going through their own experiences and let them know that they are not alone. And throughout my experience at the end of my junior year, um, one of the main girls who kind of instigated and started what happened to me uh, ended up apologizing to me and just the impact that that had on my life and on my high school experience and being able to now share that with girls and let them know that how powerful their words are and you know obviously the impact that it had on me everything I went through during that year but then um, ultimately you know having that apology from the girl who was behind a lot of the things that were going on um, really changed my life and I ended up going on and having an amazing senior year experience one that I would have never imagined you know during my junior year and so to be able to share that to girls um, in schools just again I just feel now looking back so lucky to have gone through what I went through and now you know having that fuel the fire behind kind campaign and like Lauren mentioned the you know, root of Kind Campaign started with the documentary. And right right after we graduated from Pepperdine was when we went on a road trip across the country to shoot (laughs) the film. And we were on the road for about a month and a half, almost two months, actually. And we had our moms um, on the road with us and cinematographer. And like Lauren said, it's just crazy looking back now to see not only just like the state of where things were at with this conversation, you know, we would walk into schools and, and I think that's honestly how we got into schools. You know, we, the amount of schools that we reached out to saying, okay, this is what we're doing. You know, we're a brand new organization. We have this assembly program. We'd love to come in and talk to your students. Oh, by the way, we'll also have cameras with us. We're filming a documentary. And I think just really the state of things during that time. And the fact that this was a conversation that hadn't been talked about in any serious way and schools were witnessing this, you know, day in and day out. And so I think that's how and why we were able to, you know, go on the road and shoot the film in the way that we did and then um, really launch the assembly program where the documentary is at the heart of it. Um, So that's what we did after we finished our road trip. We then launched our assembly program and since then have kind clubs and there are kind clubs in schools all over the world we've done a kind camp we have a volunteer program called kind ambassadors which just gives people all over the world the opportunity to bring kind campaign programming our assemblies and our kind clubs into their communities and then just this social media online community of people really promoting and cultivating kindness yeah it's just been an incredible journey and you know we both feel just so lucky to to have been at the forefront of this conversation and feel so proud of kind campaign when you took it let's go back a little bit to uh to pepperdine when you when you met was was how you met initially through i said through the through the film school i I guess but like was there any initial conversation about like bullying and, and how you guys connected or just you got to know each other and then y'all shared experiences personally with each other and then that sort of ignited the idea of doing a documentary film about not just you guys' experiences but going around to share uh, similar stories about other young girls around the country was was bullying sort of or that those experiences the thing that really ignited you guys' friendship Not really, actually. So we really got to know each other. We didn't meet actually until our uh, junior year of high of uh, college. So we had a lot of mutual friends, but we hadn't really connected until then. And it was when we were in, you know, a lot of these similar classes in in the film school there and, um, and through mutual friends that we really started getting to know each other. And we just kind of developed like a normal friendship and just were getting to know each other kind of just in in that present moment and hadn't even really had I don't think we had ever had any conversations about those past experiences um, until we sat down and talked about doing the documentary and the summer going into our senior year of Pepperdine we had again like work we'd worked on some projects together in the film school and worked really well together and had you know really developed um, a pretty solid friendship at that point but even then like we we didn't hang out all the time like we weren't 
like right. best friends at that point. You know, we, we knew each other pretty well. But the summer going to, into our senior year, I was, again, working on that documentary that I had mentioned before with uh, Tom Shadiak, the documentary called I Am. And uh, during this experience at a documentary film festival called Mountain Film, I just, it, this, the, the conversation of bullying specifically between girls was something that I had thought about in different forms for a really long time. And at that festival, because I was just immersed in all these documentaries and was just like, it was the first time in my life I had just felt deep inspiration by documentary film. And I would, I was already in love with documentaries, but I just being in a community in a film festival, um, uh, env- you know, that environment, it just became really clear that that could be a, a really cool way to shed light on this topic that, again, up until that point had never been taken seriously or even really addressed. And um, so when we got back from the summer and started our senior year, we were, you know, back in classes together and um, going back into life and um, sat with that idea for a little bit of doing a documentary. And I think it was just in thinking about what that looks like and who to do it with really Molly was the first person that came to mind because we had developed this friendship and she was really you know this amazing strong woman who is also a beautiful storyteller and filmmaker and and it just kind of happened naturally we we literally met for lunch um at this restaurant in Santa Monica called Broadway Cafe and we actually have footage of us <laughs> sitting there um that we captured um, of us like sitting in that cafe, which I don't think exists anymore, but, and we just sat down and I shared, you know, my story and feeling of wanting to, you know, kind of dive into this topic and really not having much direction at that point, just really having a gut feeling about it. And Molly immediately shared her stories and how she connected. But up until that point, we hadn't even talked about any of those details with each other and like what those experiences meant to us in our lives and how it affected us and 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 I think it was honestly just a meant it was just meant to be and it was just fate taking the course that it does and putting us both in the right places at the right times and and both being down to just dive into something and um and immediately we're like let's just do this and let's do it together and and develop a story and and then it became really clear that how cool it would be for, you know, we were both filmmakers, but just the idea that two friends, two young women are going to go on this journey together and tackle this topic as friends as well. You know, we're, we're talking about this real, you know, brokenness amongst females right. and, and, and to do it as friends and to also use that opportunity to show women, like you can work together. And if you come together, like, look what you can do. Um, and that really, I don't think we were even thinking about that in the moment, but, you know, obviously it naturally became such a big part of our story and our mission and, and kind campaign as a whole. But we really, honestly, from that, from that lunch, just kind of like, we're just like, let's do this. And we don't know exactly what that looks like, but we immediately got started and started raising money and just gathering all the pieces. And, and we just started shooting footage and, and what we were getting was so heartbreaking and so beautiful. And again, and it was through that, that we were like, wow, this, what what else could this this be and you know we we had no intention to become public speakers like we didn't we didn't know that ultimately right. we were going to run a nonprofit and be speaking in thousands of schools across the world and and doing all the things that we do with kind campaign now again i think it was just it was all meant to be and and we went on that journey for the documentary and it just it just evolved and grew into what it was always supposed to be what it was all, always supposed to become um, from the beginning. And so, and and it's interesting, like I think back on our first assembly that we did uh, when we were capturing footage for the film, we, we prior to that kind of wrote this assembly and like wrote these, uh, like the program and what it looked like and developed these activities. And this again was 10 years ago, all meant to be just the timing of it. Cause I don't think now, you know, you could be a basically new nonprofit and just go into schools and do assemblies, yeah, totally. you know, yeah. Molly spent like months prior to to that road trip just cold calling schools yeah. and 
and and gathering a group that would allow us to come in. I mean, you could never do that now. So we were going into these schools with no history, no background, like <laughs> no experience. And they're like, sure, come talk to our girls about bullying. And that's, and, yeah, um, that's crazy. And yeah. And so we did that first assembly and, and that I think was the moment that we really sunk into the mission of kind campaign and, and our roles within it, because we were like, wow, we're filmmakers and we want to make this film and that's like and that is such a key part of this but we like there's a deeper purpose and we were good at it like we we did an assembly like we were that assembly that comes to to your school and, yeah and it's just kind of crazy to think back on and and the girls responded so well and we were like witnessing in real time during the first one we ever did like girls crying and apologizing to each other oh. and like and just the most amazing things and that was really what inspired us to just Were y'all keep going and developing things. Were y'all a bit shocked of of how maybe open everybody was? Was there any hesitation that that you saw on that first one? Because it seems like it, it, like you said, I mean, to think about it now, like just a random, like a new nonprofit going into a school talking about, you know, a, a pretty, I mean, a dark. Um, it can be a very dark subject matter, right? You know, I mean, it can go, it can go down a road where it's uh, very difficult for people to talk about it for people to listen to it, it kind of it's kind of surprising i don't know if, if you were surprised too of of how maybe open everybody seemed to be um that that people were sort of like ready for it right they wanted to talk about it, it wasn't uh a lot of hesitation it seemed like in that first one but by, by the school and by the the young girls speaking out yeah i think um you know i think going into it we i don't know that we were shocked just because we honestly had no idea what to expect. Um, You know, we, like Lauren mentioned, you know, had written the whole assembly program um, initially kind of as a way to, like, find out what was going on, you know, with the girls in schools and, like, collect footage and hear stories and things like that. And, And so that was kind of the initial thought. And then it was really when we were in there, witnessing because we didn't know how the girls were going to respond and from our pre-production interviews and talking about this nonstop for you know the year and a half prior to like going on the road it definitely we had we did going on the road trip had the sense that girls and women were kind of waiting and longing to talk about this and to share their stories and to address the fact that this isn't okay and that you know the way that female relationships are portrayed and um, the thought that, you know, everyone will have this experience or, you know, going through bullying of some sort in school is just this rite of passage and almost to be expected. Like, there was definitely a sense that, that people were, were ready to, to speak out about that, but we really didn't know what we were going to discover, you know, in the schools with the girls currently in this space. And so, yeah, I think, you know, that's really kind of what we were wanting to, to find out on that road trip was and you know through doing these assemblies was where you know what is the pulse of girls right now in schools and you know what are the stories and experiences that they're having and and like you said it it definitely definitely can bring up some really Mm -hmm. um, emotional and tragic and heartbreaking stories and experiences and I mean there were moments because also while we were on the road specifically shooting the documentary we also had something that we called the truth booth um, which was basically this little booth that we would set up and girls could go in and it was just them and a ring light and a camera and they would just kind of share their thoughts about this I mean we it left it very open-ended it was completely voluntary. It was like, if you want to go in and, you know, share any experience that you might have had or might be going through presently, or just your thoughts on this issue and what you think about it. And there were moments during the road trip where we would start to sit down and watch some of that footage that was captured during the truth booth. And I mean, we would just sit there and cry hearing (laughs) some of the stories of the experiences that these girls are going through. And, um, and, with that said, there was also such a sense of hope and just this deep desire that we were seeing within not only young girls and women, but just people that we were talking to on the road trip. Because like we would literally all we did was talk about what we were doing with any person that we encountered on the road, whether it was someone in the gas station or, you know, someone at a restaurant, like that's all that we were doing. And we were constantly just sharing what we were doing. And so also just people in general, there was this deep sense that 
you know, there was so much hope for change and that this was such an important conversation to be having. And, and so I think we also found such drive within that um, and that, you know, furthered us to not only obviously continue the road trip and edit the film, but then beyond that, really um, make sure that the assembly and the film, you know, was in as many schools as possible and this conversation was just beginning. And little did we know at the time really that it was just beginning also kind of in a way like starting this bigger movement of like Lauren was talking about earlier, you know, now the conversation has shifted so much and, and it's been incredible uh, for us to kind of be on the journey that we've been on while that's been happening. And, but yeah, looking back, particularly at that first assembly and really just all the conversations that we had while on the road, I think we were constantly inspired by the girls that we were talking to and inspired to witness them, you know, going through the experiences, the different experiences that they were going through and coming out with still a sense of hope and also a sense of empowerment, knowing that their voice and their actions um, have meaning and because of that can create change and you know, collectively, if they came together, like they're the ones who, you know, create the environment specifically within their schools, but then they they can use their voice, you know, to change the environment in their community and ultimately, um, you know, in the world. And so it was a really, just a a really beautiful journey. And yeah, I mean, some of the stories, I mean, I still think back and, you know, my heart breaks thinking about them. But with that said, continue to be just so inspired and filled with so much hope by seeing the change that has been created and continues to be created by young women using their voice yeah it seems so i mean look at a year now so many things can change in a year and i imagine a decade i mean things have drastically changed from obviously you guys's insight on women youth in america really right and what they're they're sort of thinking and what the issues that they're dealing with have you seen and within that decade we've seen obviously a real transformation in technology, right? And social networks have, I guess when you guys were in 2009, was that a big issue then? I guess we had Facebook, but we really didn't have a lot of the other big platforms out yet. Was was digital sort of bullying a thing back then? I mean, and then I want to kind of get into more of what that looks like now, because Mm -hmm. I guess digitally, it's a it's a double-edged sword right because we can build communities of support system unlike ever before right but then there's mm-hmm. also ways to get bullied unlike ever before uh so yeah. what, what what has i guess the digital sort of aspect of the organization sort of look like from i guess 10 years ago to now what have the, the sort mm-hmm. of the girls talked about that and from that perspective yeah it's been really interesting because I feel like we're really a unique organization and, and Molly and I specifically have had this unique opportunity to actually be in schools all over the country for the last 10 years, like directly working with girls and just and to watch the, the way technology has evolved and expanded and how that affects kids' psychological it affects them psychologically and emotionally. And it's been a really interesting thing to be a part of. And when we started this, 10 years ago, it was right when cyberbullying really started becoming a hot topic. Like I think back on the documentary specifically, you know, we were gathering footage and having conversations about that. There's a whole section of the documentary about technology. And again, we made that 10 years ago. And there's, it's, it's interesting to watch now. We're actually doing a re-edit on the film right now. So I just watched this section like five days ago. <laughs> right. Um, and the t- the technology section, we had gathered news clips and different things um, about cyberbullying, and and it and you see that it's like just because just in the way the broadcasters are talking and the the way they're having the conversation, it's like this new right. breaking news thing, mm-hmm. you know, like oh cyberbullying, and so that's kind of the chapter that technology was in when we started this it was just kind of being highlighted instagram did not exist yet there was facebook but you know i even think back on my experience in middle school and there was aim and Mm -hmm. the girls that were bullying me were using that to like create fake accounts and harass Mm -hmm. me through that so i think as long as these platforms have been around cyberbullying has obviously existed but 
obviously it's it's grown in such a crazy way and and the speed and the scope of it is so great and so yeah just to kind of watch how that is expanded it's it's been crazy and it's interesting like when we speak we basically you know we've been doing these this our founders assembly for 10 years and so like we say the exact almost the exact same words every single time and there are specific things that we say like when we're talking about cyberbullying or technology we'll like adjust to that conversation to add new platforms that all of a sudden you know like a, a middle schooler is using so like a few years ago or you know when snapchat what mm-hmm. came onto the scene would be like oh and how you use snapchat and then they'd like all giggle because it's like this new thing that they're all obsessed with or then we're like talking about musically or like whatever mm-hmm. it is it's like there's right. always a new thing i i mean half the time i don't even feel like we can keep up with it but sure um, <laughs> but yeah i mean it's it's become this place where young impressionable girls and boys are spending so much of their day and putting so much of their own worth into those spaces and into their into their you know profiles and their and to see how stressful that is and um like you said there it can be used for so much good but we've definitely seen social media like create such a deeper well of anxiety and insecurities and and broken friendships and um you know i think those spaces and platforms are a really difficult confusing space for all of us adults Mm -hmm. as well like people get bummed when they have to see the dinner party that they weren't invited to and like so just imagining yourself as like a 10 11 12 year old and you're seeing in real time the sleepover that you weren't invited to or you know like whereas when i was in school for the most part, the bullying stopped when I went home. I mean, the effects of it were still with me, but I wasn't, it wasn't following me. It wasn't a constant Um, barrage 24 seven. Yeah. Now it's like everything that someone is saying behind your back or to your face is like sitting in your pocket or in your purse or it's, you know, it's like sitting with you in bed as you're scrolling before you go to sleep. And so it's so much more personal and invasive obviously now. And, you know, I think the mental health ramifications are huge. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, since we're really still living in it, and it's still all so new, I don't, I don't even think that we have like the proper data to even like put numbers and, and yep. proper, you know, to, to what all that actually looks like. I, I will say, though, that I feel like, I don't know, I just hope that humans, I, I think nature finds balance. And, and my hope is that we will find a, a better balance with it all and there's a part of me that senses that a little bit you know as I don't know so like it just feels like people want to do better um but when you're dealing with younger kids you know they're already dealing with so much and and you know going through hormonal changes and all that I think it's harder to impress you know impress those bigger values and ideas onto like a 12 year old they're just in that world and it's and it's everything so yeah, it's it's always changing, which is hard. I mean, I think, yeah, I, I think Lauren really touched on kind of the shift that we've seen and how it, you know, has, like she said, like since there have been, a, there, since there's been a cyber world, there has, you know, in some form or fashion been cyber bullying. And so, of course, with more avenues to to do that, unfortunately, you know, there's more stories that you hear of people being impacted by that and hurt by that. And, um, you know, I think it's easy for people of any age to forget that even though we're not standing in front of someone looking at them in the eyes, you know, saying words, the words that someone is reading, that someone has typed on a screen are impacting them just as much as they would as if that person were standing in front of them and saying them to their face. And that's something, again, that that's not only applicable to young people, but, you know, to people of all ages, there's things that I mean, you, you know, look at any comment section anywhere on the internet, right. it's like yeah. such a, it can be like such a tragic space um, just to see the things that people will say to people that they don't even know oftentimes, but kind of touching on specifically um, what we've seen, you know, in schools and how this has impacted people. There is a, uh, an assembly that we did, this was several years ago now, probably maybe even like five years ago. And we were actually speaking at Lawrence High School in Orange County. And oftentimes during, you know, the assembly, 
Lauren, when Lauren and I are speaking and we're looking out into the crowd, um, you know, we can kind of pick up on maybe certain people or certain situations that might be going on just by the way that people are reacting to things that we're saying or, you know, if a girl um, is sitting alone or we can just kind of get a sense for some things that might be going on. And often after the assemblies, we, you know, when we're standing at the front of the room, different girls will come up to us and share different things. And so a lot of times, you know, there's people that we see sitting in the audience where Lauren and I kind of give each other a knowing nod or we'll say, did mm-hmm. you see, you know, this girl and um, kind of assume that we'll have a conversation with that person after the assembly. And we picked up on this one particular girl during the assembly and, and afterwards she did in fact come up to us and we hear all sorts of heartbreaking stories of not only issues and experiences relating to bullying, but also things going on at home or, you know, within themselves with eating disorders or cutting or, you know, abuse. And um, so we didn't know what to expect with this girl when she came up to us, but she was so distraught and just clearly so just having just the hardest time. So we, we had no idea, you know, we thought it could be any one of those um, things that she was about to share with us or experiences. And she then opened up to us and shared with us that there was a group of girls that were her quote unquote friends and they decided if they would talk to her at school or not or if she could sit with them at lunch or not based on the number of likes that she got on a picture that she posted or the number of new followers that she got each day. Mm. And so Mm. here she is just in tears, you know, shaking as she's like telling us like the emotional effects that that's having on her and just like the stress that that's causing her and sharing with us that, you know, so at night she'll spend, you know, hours creating all of these fake accounts to then go like her pictures or follow her so that her supposed friends will, you know, talk to her at school the next day. And it was just heartbreaking to see her in this state, um, all because of a social media app. But that was her world. You know, that's she right. was so in that space and it was all so real. And I mean, we just wanted to like scoop her up and just, you know, say it's it's going to be okay. And we did and we, you know, we talked her through just the chapter that she was in and how, you know, what a short chapter this was in her life and, and, you know, ultimately left her uh, in a, in a positive space and a hopeful space. But um, just for us to sit there and, and listen to that was so heartbreaking. And and it's really stuck with us just because again, that not only for her, but for a lot of young people, like the world that is on, that lives on their phone is their world. And so I don't know for them to be so controlled by that and, um, you know, for her to either have friends at school or not because of likes and comments and followers was just devastating. Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine. I mean, I really, it's, it's, I, I just, with everything you have to do with as a kid in general, and then to have this sort of digital peer pressure, so to speak, like just overwhelm a person at that age is just, uh, and like Lauren said before, I don't think we have the data yet available to understand the impact of of what all this stuff can do to us mentally, mm-hmm. right? Your your sort of brain's even fully formed, and and you're sort of you know coming up in a in an era where you know you're dealing with depression so early on like that, right? As a mm-hmm. young young teenager, to even have to think about like being de- deeply depressed, right? And even the thought of like wanting to like do harm to yourself because of this, like you just, I feel like that's such a new phenomenon for that early of an age for, for just human beings to think about that, right. To think like that so early. Yeah. It, uh, it's a bit overwhelming sometimes. It's just such a sensitive middle school, you know, just that chapter being in school, it's such a sensitive time where you're learning so much about yourself and learning how to move throughout the world socially, emotionally, physically, it's like you're just, you're putting all the pieces together, really. So much of, so much of your school experience is your social experience. And so for all of these platforms and for phones and and all this to be such a prevalent part of that, you're right, like just how that will actually physically change people's brains. Like that's, Mm -hmm. totally. you know, there's so much happening and bubbling and developing during that time and how that will actually physically change someone's brain chemistry is like kind of a crazy thing to think about um and what that generation looks like as 
they become adults and maybe it's a good thing. Like, again, we don't, we don't know yet. This is all right. new. So right. yeah, you can't I, ignore just how prevalent depression and suicide and, and all of that is. And I think there's definitely, you know, a, a strong correlation. I think the, uh, the apology thing that you guys have on the site is really interesting. I think mm. that could be sort of, it, it, it's not as an it, it's not really anonymous, but I guess people could just use sort of it anonymously to tell their stories and apologize yeah. the way, right? Like, but have you yeah. seen have you seen that be sort of some type of tool that as individuals get older, right? I, I think that they can can become ambassadors, right? Even if they were a bully at a young age, right? But as they grow, mm-hmm. hopefully, like you said, that maybe their brain develops and that realization of that, you know, oh, maybe I did really hurt this person. Like, let me apologize mm-hmm. in some way. I think that sort of outlets like that to do it in a way um, that's online and right. And maybe you feel more comfortable doing that rather than like to a person's face. Right. But maybe yeah. that, that sort of just energy you give to writing that apology can be a lot for, you know, to, for a bully to, to, to help them too. Right. Cause I mean, they're going to, again, we're talking about kids a lot of the time, right? So, I mean, it's hard to even blame like a 12, 13, 14 year old girl for being like a bully when like they don't probably even understand what they're doing is having negative impact, Mm -hmm. right? So Yeah, and so many young young girls and boys are also just victim to the the things they're learning at home from their own parents and then the messages they're being fed through the media and, you know, through all of the adults you know that we're the people that they're hearing from in a, in our world and one of the professionals in our film actually said something I think that's really profound and it was something along the lines of you know when you look at the way a kid dresses or at like talks or you know the, any any sort of judgment you want to put on to a, a kid or a teen she was like the, the professional um, her, her name's Rosalind Wiseman she wrote Queen Bees and Wannabes, and she said, I want adults to have the courage to point to themselves and look at themselves and say, what does that say about us? Don't judge the kid. Like, Right. I agree. They're, you know, and, and so, yeah, no, you're, you're right on. But, yeah, the apologies are actually a major part of our whole program, and it's actually one of our favorite parts of our assembly. We have every person in the room during our assemblies write an apology to somebody, and we have witnessed you know, wow. over the last 10 years with this, we've witnessed so much healing and amends made and, you know, girls who've been torturing someone for years just have this moment of clarity and ownership and healing um, and to write that apology and hand it to the person. And it's it's changed and mended so many friendships. And, uh, you know, because apologizing is not only healing for the person you're apologizing to, but ultimately it can be a really healing thing for you as well. You don't have to look back and have those regrets. And and it's such an empowering thing. It can seem intimidating, but when the whole school is doing it, you know, they're like, okay, I can do this too. And and we've also had so many conversations and, and witnessed, like you were mentioning, people later in life go back and, um, you know, connect, search someone on Facebook and find someone that they were mean to, you know, 30 years ago and, and to write a message apologizing. And, and we've, yeah, we've had feedback like that and had those conversations and witnessed those moments. And, and again, how healing that at, that is for both parties. Uh, I think there's, there's just so much power within an apology and it really has the ability to change and ultimately save lives. It's just, it's such an easy, I mean, not always, it's not easy, but it's, it's just such a simple human, I don't know, it's just, it's a real gift that you can give to someone and to yourself. I wanted to go, to go back to the, the assemblies, because uh, they're, they're such a sort of this like event, right? And, and we can all sort of remember, you know, going to school and we always have people come in to speak to us and, you know, di- different times of the day even matter, right? If you're even paying attention or not, or, you know, it, it was just such a, it was just such a get out of that class excuse, right? <laughs> you know, back, back in the day, it has, I, as I remember it, right? But I'm sure everybody totally. has different experiences. Um, sure. But is, and, and you speak at so many different schools, but California schools are going to be different than like schools in like the South 
in schools and like the Midwest in schools and like the East Coast, because cultures are different, religions are different, you know, races are different around America, right? There, there's just so many mm-hmm. different cultures in schools and subcultures and, and just different ways of, of living. Do you see yeah. different issues that maybe, you know, kids in, on the West Coast don't deal with, like people on the East Coast or the Midwest or the South? Are there different problems that people face? I mean, obviously, like poverty versus, you know, middle class versus high, uh, economic ways can play a real difference too in people's lives to where they're dealing with even more pressure and then being bullied that could snowball into something, you know, a bit different than somebody who's not dealing with economic pressures when they go home. But do you see from just a, a young girl perspective, like individuals in different parts of not only America, but around the world dealing with different bullying issues? Yeah, that was, um, I mean, it's something that we, like you said, we've been into every type of community and um, neighborhood and school. And of course, for all of the, you know, differences that you mentioned, like we're going into different types of schools and kids with all different walks of life and family life. And there's so many different variables at play, but it's interesting, like specific to what we are going in and, and talking to these young girls about, of course, the things that people are bullying each other about definitely vary from school to school or, you know, state to state. But the emotional experience that we've found that, you know, young girls are having because of going through bullying, we found to be, um, you know, specific to their bullying experience the same. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, you know, in some situations, there are outside factors because of family life or, um, you know, what's going on in their community or what's going on, you know, in their specific world. But specific to uh, when it comes down to like the emotions that come from them having their feelings hurt and being impacted by someone else um, in whatever way and form that bullying is taking place, whether that's something that's going on at school, you know, a fight maybe that's happening or something that's taking place online on social media that then of course is trickling through the hallways because people are talking about it the emotional experience that that person is going through we found to be you know the same as as someone else's emotional experience because of a different bullying experience that might be taking place so that has been interesting because we especially when we started this and we knew that we were going to be and that was the reason really for the road trip at the beginning of you know, kind of campaign and um, in shooting the film was we wanted to see like how does this look and how does this play out across at the time was across the country and now you know um, the two of us have spoken all over North America and England and um, you know the assembly program and club curriculum is all over the world and I feel like what we found ultimately is that the emotional experience that a young girl has because of bullying that she is going through is you know similar to someone else's experience, even though the bullying and the way in which it's happening might look different and the other, you know, of course, different circumstances and different factors um, and different pressures. Also, you know, we see different pressures in different areas and communities that we're in about different things. There's, of course, I feel like so many different ways in which and things that people can bully one another about, but it is interesting seeing that this, the, the emotional experience is similar throughout that. that makes sense yeah no absolutely i wanted to kind of i'll try to end it two more questions here i just have so many so much stuff i want to get to but i want to go back to to the experience of of being in it for for so long now right And, and sort of the lessons that you two have learned individually because that has i'm sure that first school in 2009 2010 up to now you know the last assembly you've been into i i'm sure you have learned tons of lessons and tons of ways to to talk to 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 people differently to to teachers differently to to young girls differently on how to get your message across the best um mm. so what what how i guess how would you how do through those ten years like how do you measure success right like how do you measure impact is it mm-hmm. is it just simply numbers is it like i mean when a child hugs you and thanks you that's pretty impactful right like that's that's mm-hmm. a great day's work right but is there is yeah. there metrics that you look at that 
what we're doing, like you look at substantially and say, look, what we're doing is like changing people's lives and impacting the world. Like, how do you look at the impact metrics yeah. for you guys? So for so long, it was Molly and I just kind of going in and having the experience that we do in schools and witnessing it and experiencing it. And like, we would leave every assembly and just be like, oh my God, <laughs> the whole culture of the school just shifted. Like we watched it and we felt it. And for us, like for the two of us, we were like, that's enough. Like we know yeah, this for sure. we see it. We like, we receive those thank yous. We watch these apologies. We watch girls like make amends after years of torture. And we hear from faculty how, you know, not only immediately after the assembly, but you know, even a month later, just the whole tone is different. And so that was our experience for so long. But then we realized we actually do want to measure this from a more scientific standpoint, not only so that we can like, because people just love numbers, you know, and, and we and we wanted to gather that for that reason, just to, to really show people. And then also it helps, obviously, um, with raising money when you have, have numbers to put to these sorts of experiences. So we gathered data over the course of, uh, I can't remember the exact amount of time we did it, but on and off for, a, I think it was a year in, I think it was just under 2,000 schools. And we had a survey that we, um, with a professional company who who measures data had all these surveys come in and um you know measuring for instance like how many girls apologized to someone during these assemblies what percentage of girls walked out of the assembly feeling more hopeful than they did before or feeling like they don't want to participate in gossip and drama or they or how many girls you know just those sorts of questions and we can send you the data so that you can see it with your own, your own eyes. But it, it confirmed like leaps and like in the craziest way, this experience that we've been having for years. And it was such a beautiful thing for us to witness, to look at these numbers and to know, wow, like lives have been changed and saved. And, and it's, yeah, it, it to see those numbers is incredible. We learned that two out of three girls in, in these assemblies, apologize to somebody numbers like 96 percent of girls you know walked out feeling like they want to be kinder to not only their friends but their student body and um just like really encouraging beautiful things and and so yeah just just gathering that was a really exciting thing for us i think a beautiful way to kind of wrap up the conversation molly if you want to share that story about rachel i think that's like a perfect example of the impact that these programs have and, and, and what they can really do. Yes. Um, I was actually just thinking about her when he was asking the question. Yeah. So the story that Lauren is uh, referencing or is talking about several years ago, we were in a school in, um, in Utah and after, and then we, you know, did the assembly and uh, like Lauren mentioned, you know, with all of our assemblies, we walked out and we were like, oh, that was just, you know, so good. And, you know, talking about, you know, some of the girls and some of the things that were shared and, and all of that. Um, and we were on tour. So then we drove to the airport, hopped on an airplane and, you know, went on to the next city and school. And, and that night after we landed, we were driving to um, the next place that we were going to do assemblies the next day. And I remember we were driving and um, after each assembly, we take a picture with the group of girls and, you know, put it on social media and, you know, just thank them for the experience. And um, a lot of times, you know, girls will go on and either share their experience or just say like, thanks for coming or, you know, we just love to go through and see the feedback and the comments. And so we, when we were driving to the uh, hotel that we were staying in that night, we were going through and looking at the comments and um, there was a girl named Rachel who left a comment on the picture. She said, you know, thank you so much for coming to my school today, you know, before the assembly, you know, I I think she even maybe tried to skip the assembly. um, And she shared that she woke up that morning planning on committing suicide um, that day. And that after the experience that she had at the kind campaign assembly, she found kind of a new hope and meaning and purpose in her life. And, you know, because of the experience within the assembly, she no longer has that desire to 
commit suicide. And um, the last thing that she mentioned in the comment was, you know, because of you and because of Kind Campaign, you guys changed and saved my life. And I mean, even still, the fact that I was able to get through that without crying, um, you know, we were just kind of stopped in our tracks, you know, when we were reading that comment, um, just really uh, feeling the impact that these assemblies have in such a deep way through, you know, what Rachel was so brave to share with us. You know, oftentimes Lauren and I are so, you know, in it with all the different things that we're doing with Kind Campaign and going from assembly to assembly or, you know, thinking of new initiatives and, and we feel what's going on in the assemblies and we are so inspired by the girls that we meet and that is what fuels us to continue, you know, doing what we're doing. But we often don't necessarily stop and kind of reflect on really the change that these assemblies and um, Kind Campaign's programming has, you know, really deeply had in people's lives. And so for her to, to be so vulnerable and to share that, not only with us, but like in such a way on social media, you know, for others to see as well, um, sharing so much about, you know, herself and her story, just really, like I said, really just stopped us in our tracks and made us just so appreciate the work that we're able to do with Ten Campaign. And we've actually stayed in touch with Rachel and she, I guess it was probably like two years ago, maybe she, um, or last year sent us, she was graduating from high school and she sent us her graduation announcement and with, you know, a beautiful letter just sharing again, the impact wow. that we had on her life. And um, we've continued to stay in touch with her and just seeing what, you know, the beautiful life that she's continued to leave and, or to lead. And um, actually this last year, we uh, got to see her again. We did a um, AMC uh, gave us an, an amazing platform and we did a PSA that played right before every all the trailers and movies in theaters in all of their oh, theaters nice. and so we had Rachel come out um, to be a part of that PSA she actually kind of was the PSA just right. sharing her experience and it was just so good to to get to see her and hug her and really again reflect on the impact that Pen Campaign had on her life and yeah I mean I feel like if nothing else like with if we had if we didn't have the data if we right. you know didn't I feel like we we're so lucky in that we get kind of experiences like that pretty often with the work that we do but if we didn't you know if that was it just her sharing that with us like that would be I would count that a success yeah I mean that's that's more that's more impact success and data than any survey can really give right i mean the the surveys are are necessary i think for like long-term like assessment but that one thing alone is you know i mean that's going to inspire her being open and honest about it is going to inspire so many more you know girls and women where a survey can't do that right i mean it, it just can't yeah provide the same sort of like inspiration as as something like Rachel experienced and then for her to talk about it is is I think the most you know powerful part about it all and and to be able to to feel okay to do that and then I mean for her to 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 obviously going on to live live a live a great life is is pretty powerful and I mean that has to I mean that has to get you two up in the morning invigorated right i mean that something like that would inspire inspire you for years probably right (laughs) yeah but i like to end on this usually is is talking a little bit about the future and kind of the mission from here on out right because 10 again 10 years it means there's not many companies in the world there's not a lot of organizations in the world that last 10 years i mean that alone is a success Right. I mean, it's pretty, oh, thank you. it's pretty impressive that, I mean, a decade is, is, is a long time to, but I guess look that that's when you're passionate about something, it's, it goes by so fast probably. Um, but yeah. what do like, what do you say like the next, you know, maybe five to 10 years? Look, I mean, I know that's a long time and especially now during, yeah. during the, the pandemic era, things have changed, right? Mindset shift and maybe missions shift yeah. a little bit, but like for the next five years or 10 years or so like what are some of the the big mission goals that that you two have set for for the organization and and maybe individually for yourselves as as you look to just kind of make more impact throughout your own lives that's a great question especially right now as 
mentioning the pandemic and everything. Um, it does shift things uh, for us a bit as we think um, to the future. You know, our our whole mission has just really been to spread our programming into as many schools as possible. And we're really proud that all of our programming is free of charge for schools. So because of that, we've been able to really cover so much ground and, and have thousands of assemblies um, all over the world, not only led by Molly and myself, but we have a program where we provide all the materials and the film and activities and basically a script for a faculty member or volunteer to do these assemblies without us. And we've been doing that since we started Kind Campaign as well. But looking ahead to the future, um, you know, Molly and I actually just had a pretty, pretty sad, but also, you know, hopeful and we'll see, you know, this could change at any moment, um, conversation just about what an assembly looks like in a um, corona and post-corona world. Right, We're actually right. just not sure at this point because we really don't know, you know, when schools will be, you know, doing that you know, gathering our, our assemblies, you know, we're gathering the whole female student body into a room right. where there's tears and hugs and, you know, so it's, it's actually something, everything we're going through right now is something that really directly affects programming and, and the work that we do. So we've been having really realistic and important conversations um, just in the last few weeks about how we move forward and what that looks like. So when I mentioned earlier that we were doing a re-edit on the film, we are actually, um, over the course of this summer, working to package um, a virtual assembly experience. So like I mentioned, schools can already do these assemblies without us. And so I think probably looking forward, all of this will kind of just depend on a different school districts and states and, and kind of what's going on in the world as far as the next couple of years go, if schools are able to gather and, and do assemblies themselves. But um, Molly and I um, just, it's, it's actually crazy, just kind of speaking to what we talked about before with Kind Campaign, everything is just, I feel like just been so meant to be and like, and probably is why we have been able to be alive for 10 years. Things just like work out. And I think it's just because this program is so important and it's supposed to live, live and exist. Um, but we actually almost five years ago filmed ourselves doing the assembly and, and basically like sharing our testimonies and, and all of that and, and, and putting into a virtual format all of the components that make a founder's assembly where Molly and I are actually in the school. Um, mm you know, unique. We right. we already filmed that before all of this. So um so we're now putting all those pieces together so that we can um hopefully release that with this next school year so that even if school isn't in session, um or, you know, if students are, you know, working remotely that they can basically have this experience at home or, you know, in whatever format schools are willing to do that. So we are really being proactive to um, find solutions that will work within this very new space that schools are going to be functioning in. And so I'd say our immediate goal is to find ways to adjust our programming to really work um, with this new space that we're all navigating. And from there, hopefully, you know, we have hope that everything will, will go back to normal at some point. And once it does, I think, you know, we just love love what we do and and we'll hopefully you know speak as long as we can and and continue spreading these programs you know indefinitely obviously as as life and the world changes and goes through things our message and mission and and conversation also adjusts a bit so we'll be doing that as you know this time evolves and something I, I wanted to mention too that that we have started especially since we've been talking so much about social media and just you know, the effects of that, but then also, as we talked about, you know, the positive effects of that, something that Lauren and I started um, through our kind campaign Instagram um, and just social media formats at the kind of beginning of this shift in everyone's, you know, normal was we started a kind community series and really started it as a way to um, unite our, you know, community uh, online and, um 
and just also to check in with people and see how they're doing and inspire people to continue to look for ways to be kind to others or to empower them to, you know, use art or, um, you know, be creative in expressing themselves or, um, you know, give them uh, an encouraging word or, you know, inspire our community to um, encourage one another via online and through social media. And so it's been really cool. Uh, just a new thing that we've started very recently is our kind community series. And each week we have different activations and it's been really um, beautiful to just see how people have continued to come together and really, again, unite in this new normal that we've all found ourselves in. And, and it's been it's been really interesting and inspiring for Lauren and I to, you know, think through ways in which we can engage um, this community and further the conversation around kindness, especially in a time when, you know, people are feeling so many different emotions and um, going through so many different things. And so um, that's been an immediate kind of new activation and um, initiative that we've started with our kind community series on social media. It's a, uh, it's pretty amazing, the accomplishments. And I just wanted to say, you know, thank you for, for taking the time and, and what you two have done over the last 10 years. And, and hopefully, you know, there's some positivity that comes out of this where, you know, perhaps virtually now with, with everything you're creating, you can um, impact and inspire more more women and girls around the world um, where the message will sort of get to them in you know a different way right it might not be physically there right now um, but I think maybe all the stuff you're creating now will will last for much longer and you know maybe you know you can't you can't be at a school in in Thailand or something like that right or or Brazil or Costa Rica or something but maybe they they find the content somehow, somewhere, and they and they watch the the movie or the documentary, or they see the virtual stuff that you're creating. So I think there can be some some positives that come out of all this, and and hopefully in a couple of years, you guys can hit hit the ground touring again, and, and physically maybe uh, go to some of these places that will reach out and say, hey, I found your message and it inspired me. So um, I'm optimistic, <laughs> and I think that uh, I think that the message will. The, miss, the mission and the message will last much further than this uh, this time and era that we're in. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to say say thank you for all that you've done and, and continue success over the over the next decade and and after that. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you we that. appreciate it.